The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Complex Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-Double-G. And with me tonight, I had the man behind the sound effects, at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Hi, Mom. I'm on the internet. And we also have at RoddyCat on Twitter. Happy birthday, Tim. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Is that today? Yep. It's today. It is. Why are you spending your birthday doing this show? <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's a highlight of the day for me. Wow, that's ter- terrible. I mean, great to have you. Ah! Good to be here. Soundboard's coming along very nicely there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just uh, just before we go into the credits and uh, and and uh, plugs, uh, this is uh, this appears to be our last week with um, Google Effects Sound. So uh, for anyone listening for the first time, uh, or for any of our uh, regular listeners, uh, be advised that the sound effects are going to change just a bit between now and the next episode. So you'll hear a couple of different ones sprinkled in today in this episode, and you'll hear pretty much a brand new set next week. And you've got a little bit of an echo on the ones from Google tonight. Ah. So just letting you know. Understood. Stick stick with your, your new ones. All righty. Besides, we want to hear the new ones anyway, if they're any good. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple. I definitely need to cover more uh, bases. But anyway, let's uh, finish up with the plugs and move on. Yes, go to theclicknation.com. You can find previous episodes of the comic book chronicles and comic book reviews. On the homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube. Subscribe also to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube, and TuneIn Radio. Remember, we're a part of the Colts Little Podcast Network, a.k.a. the CSPN. And go to the website, cspn.us. And while you're there, make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise at shop.cspn.us. Do it today. And make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron when you're online discussing comic books and want to join the conversation. And we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to theclipnation.com forward slash live. Never miss an episode. That's right. So this week were some big books from definitely the big two of Marvel and DC. Yep. We're going to choose to start with the zero issue from Marvel, and that is the Secret Empire number zero, where Hydra Cap's uh, first salvo in his quest to have Hydra rule the world uh, begins. The full uh, beginning part of the plan. I feel like I, I, I thought the same way because I feel the same way you do about this. I feel like I felt the same way about the opening uh, issue of uh, Pleasant Hill. You know, I thought it was set up very well, but then it didn't, uh, you know, it didn't uh, deliver at the end. So I'm very cautiously optimistic at this point. 
I felt like I was reading Secret Invasion. Oh, no. Like, really? It seemed, it seemed very much like, hey, this person that you trust, uh-oh, they're secretly a bad guy. You can't trust them. You know, it just had that same kind of uh, feel to it. I was not I was not entirely enthusiastic about the results. But at the same time, you have to say that uh, the, the staging of the plans and the various uh, uh, elements that have been in play for a long time now, you know, like the creation of, um, uh, you know, various uh, uh, uh organized groups among the, uh, the heroes and like various groups of Avengers and how uh, uh, Hydra cap basically, uh, you know, pulled the strings to make things work out just so that um, he's able to isolate, you know, these, uh, these quote unquote heavy hitters out on the other side of an impenetrable force field. Well, I mean, the thing is I have not been reading any of the books that tie into this. So ah, I've not been reading the captain America stuff. I've not been reading the Avengers stuff. So, you know, just sitting down and reading this one, it was like, hey, it's S.H.I.E.L.D., it's a big organization, it's, oh no, there's a swerve, and now people are locked out, and people are being held hostage, and people are not in the place that they're supposed to be, and dun-dun-dun. Understood. Mm-hmm. Although, I will say, I did read the Captain America issue that ties into this, but I read it after, and I felt it was more interesting reading it after, because stuff happened in Secret Empire Zero, where you're like, oh, how'd they pull that off? And then you read Captain America, and it's like, ah, that's how they pulled it off. I think if you read it first, and mm. read Captain America first, and then read Secret Empire, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, the story is just flowing like a normal story. I think it was more interesting to like unlock it by going back and reading the tie-in issue. Hmm. So I wonder, because yeah, I did, I think the, the, reading, the reading order was like U.S. Avengers, and then Thunderbolts, and then Cap, and then Secret Empire. So I wonder if you go backwards from that way, it sounds like it would make it slightly different. Well, does anyone want to talk about those crossovers at all? I did not read any of the crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody read Thunderbolts? I skimmed it. I can't. I can't speak about it. Yeah. I got U.S. Avengers then. All right, that was a tie-in, wasn't it? Yeah, the opening salvo, as it says, which basically all it is is um, Cap goes to goes to AIM to talk to Roberto. Um, there's some sad stuff with like Cannonball and Izzy, was seeing whether they're are going to uh, quit the team or, or not, but that's a whole, that's something that sounds like it's going to be on the line. But like I said, most of the issue was pretty much Steve talking to Roberto. He comes in the office and then he says, hell Hydra, first of all. And, and Roberto just looks at him and, and he was like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, Tony just told, told me to, told me to, told me to start off with that one. And I was like, uh, okay. And like I said, you just see Roberto just look at him for a second. So then they have a long talk for, um, during the course of the issue. Um, because Roberto thinks he's in trouble, and Cap first starts talking about, it. "Was like, no, nah, no, nah, you're not in trouble, you're not in trouble." But then later on in an issue, um, he starts talking about some of the stuff that Roberto has done in the past with AIM, kind of going off, you know, doing his own thing. And Cap's like, uh, "You know, you, you, you're working on the Shield now, so you can't just go off and do your own thing." And I need to know if I could trust you, and if I give you an order, you know, that you might not like, are you going to do it? Type of situation. Uh, and like the Roberto, Roberto was thinking about that, and then like the cat kind of gets up in the face just a little bit after that. But then it just cuts to like so some other stuff going on with other members of the crew. Um, and then we cut to near the end where Cat's back at his base talking to Elric Selvig, talking about uh, did it go well? He was like, yeah. At first, you know, Roberto was on board, but he was basically sounding like Cat was going there to kind of size up the situation. And because he was also during the course of the conversation asking about psychic dampeners, okay. And Roberto was like, "Yeah, I mean, I was taught by you know Xavier, and he's kind of threaded that out through AIM and this and that and the other." So, like I said, 
Cap's whole deal was to go in there and size up AIM to see if they're going to be a threat to his plans once they start going on. And it was like, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be an issue, but you know, he got that covered. And then the last uh, page, the, the last phase of the issue, Roberto is looking at a screen. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on with like Hydra and some other stuff. So it sounds like it's you know, it it's on. Yeah, you know, actually, once you started talking about it, I remembered I did read this. Mm, okay. Uh, and the thing that struck me is that Cap really came across as arrogant. Right. Um, and dismissive. And he's like, oh, I need coffee. Don't the uh, blue guys, yeah. the guys in the blue suits, you know, go get that, get the coffee yeah. and stuff. And everybody was like, yeah, that's not necessarily what they do. But then a blue guy did come and bring him some coffee. But, you know. That's Hydra. And that's when, as a matter of fact, when the guy came in, that's when he started talking about the psychics. I'm like, hey, you even knew what I wanted for coffee. You know, how I like for coffee. Like, you sure your boys aren't psychic? And, you know, and it, then it just, just kept questioning along those lines to mm-hmm. told them. Yeah, he just seemed very unlikable. Hmm. Very uncap like, one would say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess you know from from what it sounds like, there's plenty of setup in these uh, tie-in issues, but you could probably definitely get away with reading Secret Empire number zero and have pretty much the full story, and mm-hmm. uh, see how it's going to affect a lot of the uh, the characters in the Marvel universe. I actually really like Secret Empire number zero. You know, based on what we were talking about earlier, it's a great setup. And yeah, yeah, and for for me, for not having read any of the stuff and been up on the story, I just felt like it was just kind of mediocre. It felt like Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there was nothing in it that blew me away. But at the same time, I, I recognize that it's a zero and not a one. Right. So maybe when we get into the actual meat of the story, but as far as the setup, it felt it's like when you go to see the big summer blockbuster movie, and they all you know a lot of times they hit those same beats. Sure, you know, they start out with a lot of the same type of setups, and so it just felt like okay, well, I mean, it's the big crossover. It's you know, I, I wasn't like super excited when I got done reading it, but you know, it's a zero. So you got to cut it a little bit of slack. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering if reading uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers is going to make it any better, even though, I mean, that's granted the main book that's kind of going into this, you know, despite the whatever tie-ins, but I wonder if that's going to make it that much more appealing. Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll have a chance to read it hopefully over the weekend, over the next few days. So, but you know, I'll see if it really does help the experience. What I liked the most about Secret Empire number zero was, how Cap split up some of the uh, heroes, I guess he thought would get in his way. Sure. Because I was like, oh, because I read the solicits for, you know, stuff, some of the Secret Empire 1 through 3, I guess, and it was like, you know, you see how you see sort of the story threads going through it, but then now seeing how it was all set up, it's like, oh, that sort of aha moment. Exactly. That makes sense now. Right, that's what uh, Dirt was saying that he sort of missed out on earlier because he had not yet, he had not been reading uh, the issues that were kind of directly leading up into this. So, you know, that, that part kind of fell flat for him, but for yourself and myself, it, it was like, oh, I remember when they did this, and now it all starts to make sense that Spencer kind of pulling it together, you know, kind of like a best laid plan type thing. <laughs> all right. So Secret Empire has begun. Um, do you guys want to hit the other kind of big book from the big two this week? We can. I'm talking about the, uh, the lenticular cover from DC. Oh, wait, it's Batman. No, wait, no, it's the Flash. Oh, wait, no, it's Batman. No, wait, it's the Flash. And here's it's what it Batman's looks like book. when you... I was say, this is what it looks like when you try to scan it, uh, the actual lenticular cover. Mm. This is what it turns into. It's actually mostly Flash? Wow. Yeah, but see, he's got the bat symbol on, and you can see the bats flying around behind him. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But then there's... Uh, where's the, the other one? The, uh, oh, where'd it go? There, that one. And I don't know if... If, uh, if your guys' shops had any problems with these books, um, our shop... We got the lenticular ones we ordered, but then the regular cover, we only got one of this regular cover, and we didn't get any of the variants. They're all coming next week. 
and uh, uh, so okay. kind of screwed up our sales for a lot of people. Yeah, um, my shop, uh, Carmine Street Comics, definitely had a problem with theirs. I ended up <clears> buying <throat> up somewhere else uh, when I was picking up the hip hop covers, but um, uh, uh, Carmine Street Comics definitely had something very similar to your experience. Yeah, and mine had the lenticular comics like out and um, actually I think they had might have had the regular one because there was like three stacks. There was like the lenticular ones, I think the regular one, and there was something else. Uh, and I don't remember what it was. Well, there but, were four uh, covers altogether. Yeah, right? I was about to say there definitely more than one or two uh, variants. But no, it was only it was only the two, and I think it was might have been did Flash come out this week or something? No, there was um, there's the lenticular cover, the regular cover, which is what this one is. Then there was the Tim Sale uh, variant, which. I've got one sitting around here somewhere, but I don't feel like grabbing it right now. Uh, and then there was what they called the international variant, uh, which showed Flash and Batman standing, um, like it's looking kind of up over their shoulders, looking down at the ground where I think there's like a pool of blood with the button laying in it or something like that. So so there were four four covers that were supposed to come out, and we got all of our lenticular, only one of this standard cover, and none of our variants. But I looked at the invoice for next week. Next week, we're getting all of our variants and the rest of our regular covers. Mm-hmm. Yep, that sounds about right. So the shipping is the issue, huh? Yeah. Well, I think part of the problem is because of the lenticular cover, it was solicited separately from the catalog. You actually had to go into the Diamond website and click on a different part of it and enter in your numbers. It, did, it wasn't part of the regular ordering uh, because they did it way in advance to make those mm-hmm. lenticular covers. And I think a lot of people forgot. So then they go in late, put in their numbers late, and then they have to try to catch up and shift things around and, you know, people get allocated how many copies they're going to get and whatever, trying to, uh, you know, fulfill as many orders as they can. Exactly. When you're not Midtown Comics, you get shafted. Right. So anyway, as far as the story goes... <laughs> I feel like not much happened here, but everyone... I loved it. Well, see, and I guess maybe this is going back to the thing with Secret Empire because I didn't read any of that stuff following up. But as far as this for Rebirth and the DC Universe, I mean, this started tying together a lot of the stuff we've been seeing in the Batman books and in Flash and going back to some of the stuff in the Rebirth special and stuff that was happening in Supergirl recently. And uh, Really? Yeah. Supergirl tied in here? Supergirl, well, kind of, like in a roundabout way, not directly. Oh, I was about to say, I'm like, what am I missing here? Because, <laughs> because at the end of the day, right, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I immediately jumped into this book thinking, all right, so this is going to set up the big event. Let's see what happens. And we immediately get to someone who is in Arkham who I do not recognize, right? Having a, you know, having a fit of, of insanity because that's what happens. Because that goes back to DC Rebirth or DC, was it Universe Rebirth number one? Oh, is it okay? So, uh, uh, so, so, right then and there, I'm, I'm only slightly lost because uh, I don't recognize the character, right? But once you get into the Batcave, you start to figure out what's what, um, and you obviously see the uh, the crazy mask, um, and, the psycho pirate, right? The psycho pirate mask because that's from Batman. The one Bat- the one DC book that I read on a consistent basis is Batman, so that's why I recognize the mask. And then when you see that happen and all this other stuff and some of the stuff from Flashpoint comes up and, you know, you see a particular villain from that crossover uh, big event from DC come up all, you know, then you start to, you know, move the story forward, but none of the um, uh, story points that you're, that you're talking about. Some of, maybe some of the, uh, the, the best laid plans by, um, by DC haven't started to come together yet for me because I'm not as familiar with it. Well, see, like, for instance, the female character that was freaking out in the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. she was actually in the background of the Batman issue where Batman was going through Arkham collecting his suicide squad to go down to fight oh, Bane. Um, and the, the character who's trying to find her 
is uh, a villain that was in the Supergirl books recently. Oh, okay. I won't say who it was, but <laughs> but but that but that also ties into another part of the DC universe that we haven't seen in Rebirth, and was very it was touched on in the New Fifty Two early on, and then disappeared. Um, so it's it's pulling that back together and we're going to get some sort of explanation on on that corner of the dc universe that i'm trying very hard not to you know specifically mention right so we get a lot of we get a lot of this one particular character beating the 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 stuffing out of uh, poor batman in non-panel grid exactly like panel after panel whack boom back pow and also he was in um what was he he was in something last week or the week before uh was it titans I don't know. If he was, I didn't read Titans last week. Maybe it was Flash. I, Maybe it was I last don't think week. it was Titans last week because that was like the first one five. And I think it was the end of Flash, actually. So, so yeah. yeah so, so again, going back to that whole thing with uh, Secret Empire, it's the same thing here with the button. Where if if you've been reading all this stuff that flows into it, you're like, aha, you know, this is right. how it ties together. This is where it comes in. So maybe it's that same, you know, problem. We're seeing here that we see with Secret Empire. It's going to depend on how deeply you're into that company's, um, you know, menagerie of books. Yeah, pretty much the lead-in material. Yeah, but nonetheless, but I loved it. Someone pointed out that you know, Batman getting his ass whooped. Everyone likes to make the the statement. You know, Batman has time for prepare. He can beat anyone. He didn't have time for prepare this t- uh, here, and he got his ass whooped. Well, yeah, but or he wasn't trying to win. That's what he wanted. Yeah, because remember, he says uh, you know, he was just stalling for time. He wasn't actually trying to win. So, so you know, on my playground superhero oh, battle, no! <laughs> Batman wins this one. That's funny. <laughs> That's the voice's angry sound effect. <laughs> nice. Uh, one of them says, please, come on. <laughs> All right. So, what do you? What, what's next on our agenda for tonight? Well, since uh, we're on a DC train, is there anything else that's tied to that? Uh, I read a DC, another DC book, but it's not tied to that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else this week that's tied into that directly. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I read one, but it's not. I don't think it's tied to that either. But all right. So let's see what you guys read this week. See what well, here, let me go ahead and get this one out of the way then, since right. since we're here. Uh, Trinity number eight. I'm glad you're keeping up with this book because I'm falling behind. I'm still enjoying it. Um, now and you're underwater, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually fallen behind on this too, and it's it's one that I want to read. You know, it's just uh, with all the stuff that's been coming out, it's just one of those that I know I can kind of set to the side because it doesn't tie directly in continuity with anything else. You know, it's its own little sliver of story. So, I, I mean, I understand it'll reference like in this one, they'll say, you know, this takes place before action comics, you know, nine seventy seven, whatever. But, but that, that also means I can set it aside and like this weekend I can sit and read the past, you know, three issues and get caught up. And it's, it's not, you know, going to interfere with anything else I'm reading. Right. Which I think this is pretty much starting a new arc. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, because this is a Superman reborn uh, aftermath issue, or at least it says on my cover. <clears throat> and as as Dirt said, it does take place after uh, Action Comics 977. Uh, we have... Yep, that one. So, okay, so the question I have, who is that dude? The, that is green... Mr. Oz, who's been in the background of the Superman books ever since Rebirth. Okay. But you don't know who he is. That's the whole thing. 
if that's accurate, because I absolutely don't know who he oh, is. No. <laughs> well, then, so, then you didn't you didn't miss out on anything. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Okay, good. So the, pretty much the, the the bulk of this issue is um, Superman talking about a dream he keeps having where he's fighting himself. Um, and then it kind of goes, and he's talking to to Wonder Woman and Batman, and you know they're trying to talk him down off of it. But it, but Batman, being the practical ones, was like, you know what? Hey, this could be something that could, you know, this is clearly something that's shaking the most powerful man on earth. So it could be, you know, it could be used as a weapon or, or whatever it may be. But then they keep talking about it and talking about it and, and talking about it, and it's going on. And then Superman is like, well, yeah. And then you guys were there, and then there was a whole bunch of other Batman and Superman that just happened to show up while they're. Because basically they're there to try to stop stop the fight, and he's like, "Well, maybe you guys are there to be, you know, my hope and my doubt in this kind of situation." And he seems like he basically thinks he's going crazy. Seeing uh, what it sounds like, so they get this plan together. Well, so they get to thinking of like, "Okay, we need we need to get to the bottom of this because uh, this could be serious." Um, and they also get the plan to not tell anybody else what's going on because it's like, well, clearly whatever's going on could be used to infer some some kind of fear and doubt and this and that and the other, you know. And after some hemming, they were like, yeah, Batman, you're right. And um, so they decide not to tell the Justice League what's going on while they try to figure it out. But the next issue says uh, the Trinity versus Justice League. So we're going to see what how, how that all plays out. Um, outside of that, like I said, it's like the, the stuff that this tying into, I had no idea, and I didn't know who that guy was, but so I figured it was something I wasn't reading. So, um, but that's pretty much it. Like I said, it was just the whole, the whole time them talk, talking about uh, Superman's dream and you know how serious it is and what's you know what are they going to try to do about it and that this and the other. So the whole time that he's talking about having this battle, is anyone going? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Oh no! <laughs> hitting yourself? Oh. No, but I didn't think that. Hmm. At least they did a good thing because they had the two different, you know, the two different Superman and two different um, um, uniforms. At least until the one page where the bunch of other Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman came about, and you see pretty much different ones from different. Oh, I see. Yeah, because he's got the the new fifty two collar on mm. his. Mm. On his got one's got the armor, one's got the, like the yeah the pajamas. Yeah, right. <laughs> those are the distinguishing features. Yes, but um, no one's wearing the underwear. Right, right. No one's well. Um, there is one page like that where there is a bunch of other Superman and Batman and 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 Wonder Woman of different like eras and universes. So I think you might be in there. All right, but that's that. You guys got any other DC to cover? Super Sons number three. Talk about it, Tim. So we pick up with the issue beginning with taking on uh, Mezo versions of their parents, and then. They're, uh, they gain the support of a young girl whose family has the power over machines. And we find out that her family got their, gained their powers from the Amazo virus that happened, I guess, like a year ago in the Justice League arc. And 97% of the world's population ended up losing their powers, but they were among the 3% that retained their powers. And they used to protect their home. And I think it was Rhode Island or somewhere like that. Uh, they all gained powers, I think, and the majority of the family gained powers and tried to do good, except for her evil like brother, who ended up, I think, like we thought they, he killed them all, but apparently those were just uh, like android versions of the family. I think that he kills over and over again, and hopefully the real family remains like hidden, locked away somewhere. Uh, what I really like about this is the bickering between Damien and 
John Kent. Uh, John, at one point, Superboy keeps bringing up the Teen Titans. He's like, you're not a teen. Yeah. He's like, you're, you're he's too like, young, John. I'm not going to let you on the – you're not 13 yet. I can't let you on the team. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, he's like, this is the second time you've brought up the Teen Titans. I, I'm guessing I'm, – I'm feeling some resentment that you're not on the team here. And then they even <laughs> used – of course, they do the ploy of pretending to bicker to distract the their enemy to then strike at them. Which I thought that was cool for both of them to figure out on their own to do. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Jorge fun. Jimenez's art is kinetic and fun and lively with the, the colorist whose name I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I love this series. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I read the first issue and then like kind of forgot about it and just set them off to the side. So I actually sat down and read number two and number three both this afternoon. And just I, I was amazed at how fun it is um, and how it, it really feels like they've got the personalities down well, um, which, yep. I mean, <laughs> whether you want to read about bickering, uh, you know, young boys or not, but uh, they really come across as, as good, strong characters. Um, and the way that, uh, you know, Damien is, he's very arrogant, but he's very smart. So he feels like it's justified, but then Jonathan is very uh, resourceful um, and is, uh, is good at looking at things in a different way. So he finds clues and information that Damien misses because Damien's so focused on something else. So they, they make a good team together. Um, and I think it works really well. And the fact that they, they have the ability to, to basically, they can come to blows and smack each other around, um, you know, as boys are going to do uh, without, you know, it's not like Superman versus Batman where they're, you know, actually trying to kill each other when they get into these fights because they're younger, you know, they're not as powerful and as deadly as the other ones. So it's a lot more of, you know, brothers, you know, you, you see brothers like wrestling and uh, smacking each other around and doing that kind of stuff. It's it's that stuff happening here. So it's just a really fun book. And in fact, my son, um, he wanted to to try it out. So I gave him the books to read and he loves it. He wants to start reading it every month as well. So uh, they picked up another reader this month. Yeah, it's definitely doing it. picking a side if they're Team Robin or Team Superboy. Well, I mean, Superboy, <laughs> come on. I don't know, Damien. <laughs> but yeah, it is a fun book. It is really good. Uh, so, and it's, all, it's also a monthly um, so it's not one that you have to buy every two weeks to keep up with. So it's a little easier for, for you to keep track of. Yep. I, was about to, I feel like that we know people that will choose Damien. I would choose Damien. Sacrilege. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's, my, that's it for my DC. <laughs> Meanwhile. All righty, Tim. Right. Does anyone else have anything else DC that they want to get to? Nope. I think you got one, Dirt. Do I? If you want to talk about it. I think it's a Superman book. Uh, I did read Superman, didn't I? All right. So, okay. Like, I had to remember. Like, I'm sitting there going, I read this, right? What happened? Then I, as soon as I see the cover, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. So, a um, couple months ago, they did this weird story where um, Jonathan and the girl who lives at the farm, you know, down the road – they go out wandering uh, and they end up at like the swamp and there's this haunted house and there are these, uh, you know, black oil creatures and they, they have like these weird nightmare visions and there's something evil lurking there. And um, it, it didn't, it didn't seem to make any sense really. And the only thing I could think of was maybe the black oil monster thing was uh, whatever the Clark Kent was the second Clark Kent that was running around. Well, we found out that was Mr. Mixie pixel. Pixie Mixel Pitlick. 
Um, so, so when Pixie Sticks, uh, you ah. know, ran off and did his story, it, it was kind of like, okay, well, now I don't know why we had that whole haunted house thing back in February. Well, now we know. Now it ties back into that. So the whole reason for that story apparently was to set up for what's happening now. And um, basically, this is another one where Damien is visiting. Um, Damien and Batman came to the farm because there was something wrong, and they could get they got some sort of you know. MacGuffin energy reading that they needed to come check out. And so uh, Batman went to investigate and he disappeared. So Damien wants to take Jonathan out to figure out what's going on. But of course, you know, Superman's like, no, you guys are kids. You need to stay here, whatever. And Damien being Damien that they sneak out. So he takes Jonathan and they're trying to figure out what this secret is. And you find out that there's more going on than just there's some sort of evil black ooze. There's actually other stuff going on in the town that's related to this and with some of the other uh, characters that we've seen, some of the reoccurring characters going on. So there's like a greater, I don't know if conspiracy is really the right word, but there's some sort of you know bigger uh, machinations going on behind the scenes. So it's, it's building. Like you get the sense that it really is building towards something and the, the little hints that we've gotten along the way that didn't seem to make any sense. Again, uh, in this story, they start to make sense. You start to see how things are starting to tie together. So um, it was a fun story um, because you got, like I said, you got that Damien, um, Jonathan, you know, dynamic going with those two. And it's centered on them uh, again here in this book. Uh, but we're also getting some of the stuff explained that's been going on in the Superman book. So I appreciate that too. So uh, it's another fun story with uh, those characters. All right. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is this... Yeah, it's the same writer. It's the same writer as the guy doing Super mm-hmm. Sons is writing this issue. So that's why I was like, man, that Jonathan and Damien, they were really well done in this book, too, because uh, it's the same writer. He, so. he also wrote Batman and Robin. Ah, well, see, there we go. All right. He's so well with, with Robin. So it's probably not the best jumping on point for a new reader. Um, but if you've been reading the Superman books for a while, then it's, it's uh, you know paying off some of that stuff. Cool. All right. How about, uh, Roddy, you and uh, Dirt, uh, tell us about Nick Fury number one. Sure. Uh, you mean Nick Bond number one? Exactly, yeah. Bum, bum, <laughs> Nick bum, Fury bum, double, bum. double one or some, whatever you want James to call him. James Fury? I don't know how you want to say <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who did uh, uh, a parody hip-hop cover <laughs> of his own cover uh, for the uh, digital. Yep. Exactly. For uh, the Bobby Digital card, the the uh, the what you call it? The uh, was it the RZA, right? So yes. So yeah. So it's so the reasons why we are saying Nick Fury is like James Bond. You know, if you read the book, you can kind of tell it, but also doesn't um, doesn't hurt that I believe James Robinson actually did write James Bond for a little while. In fact, I think fairly recently he has. Done some James oh, Bond did books? he do the first arc for the new Dynamite series? I want to say yes. I can't remember. Or either that or he did, not Felix Slider, but that wasn't, maybe it wasn't Felix Slider. No, he didn't. Somebody else is doing Felix Slider. But I think he did one did of those other books recently. Yeah, I would say there was a third one. I can't yeah. remember what it was. And I can't remember who it is. Hammerhead uh, or something? Maybe. I don't, I don't remember. Either either way. So we have Nick Fury on a, on a mission in um, the French Riviera. He's going to get some information from one of Hydra's um, money men. And the James Bond comparison is right there. Like he's strolling through the, the casino and somebody, he's got somebody in his ear who we don't necessarily know who it is. At first I was thinking it was Colson, but I don't know if that's, if that's true or not. Cause we never get a name. Um, and then he pulls out his gadget and was like, well, Hey, you need a distraction, right? Fine. Done. Goes through his watch, start doing some things and start causing distractions all over the uh, casino. Then he makes this to the office where the, 
the, the, the information is. He gets the information. Then this Hydra agent um, catches him. And then the after that, sexy, there's... hot female chick. Exactly. Ah. Agent Frankie Noble. Um, and then, then they start a chase with um, him and his float, his flying car, and her and her flying uh, jet boat. You know. And then there's a chase in there, and he outmaneuvers there. And at the end of the issue, and she, she is made to be pretty useless, ruthless because uh, she, <laughs> she. So. They crash through the window. He gets in his car. She um, glides down to where her boat is, and they're telling her crew to move out of the way so she can land. One of them's like, "Hell, Hydra!" Then she shoots him because because he was too slow and getting out of her way. So you know, ruthless. But and there's actually, it. I just say the the first James Bond joke is actually on the title page, on the very first page. Right. Uh, if you look down on the side here, it's giving you some information about. Uh, the mission, and it's like mm-hmm. location, French Riviera, time, 1,300 hours, target, mm-hmm. Auric Goodfellow, which uh, is a lot like uh, Auric Goldfinger. Oh, True. oh yeah. And he is the Hydra money man who owns this casino that... And we never uh, get to see, but still. Yeah, no, we don't see him, but we, but we, he's breaking in to uh, steal the information from him. So instead of, mm-hmm. uh, instead of uh, Goldfinger, we got Goodfellow. And the art is pretty much, is, as I've described it, it's pretty much like they... Looked at Chris Hamley's work on uh, Black Widow and say, "Go bigger," because or, as you can see here, or that, uh, take some acid and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is to the point of like it is good art, but is to the point of getting distracting with with everything that's going on with it. You know what I was going to say? I don't know if it's the art so much as the coloring. Yeah, the coloring is crazy. There's a lot of yeah. orange and green yeah. and red, like right on top of each other, which is not right. a combination you see very often. Right. I yeah, think but it, even that, there's still a whole bunch going on with the actual yeah. art. But I mean, yeah, and you're probably more probably more right with the coloring. But and and know. stuff stuff like this where you've got the big sound effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a '70s acid trip sticker, you know, in the background. Uh, yeah, and I believe that one page spread where where we see uh, Nick. I think it might be in the beginning. I can't remember that was one of note, but um. Oh, yeah, here's where he's going into the casino and you have all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but my, my one complaint, though, is that there's a lot of action and it's 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 quick, it's punchy, um, it's got, you know, the right level of attitude, it's a lot of fun, but it quick is also the reading time. Like, it takes you yeah. no time at all to get through the end of this book. Like, I got to the end of it and it's like, well, I enjoyed that, uh, but it took me about three minutes, you know? Yeah. It's that's the one the one problem I have with it. It's just it's you burn through it and it's gone, which is not always a problem. Well, and I say that reading stuff like Trinity and Titans because those are usually that quick for me also. But um, but yeah, in this case, it's like well, okay, you see all the action, you see what's going on, you 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 still stay in what's going on, but it's like wow, that was over real quick. I think the the one kind of redeeming factor though is that you can go back and go to some of these pages and be like, okay, well, I understand the story, but what's going on in the background? Right. Like, look at some of the other details back there that are happening, and and uh, you know, look at some of the other stuff that's going on because it's, there's so much going on in a lot of these pages. Yeah, and you might want to. So it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, same here. Okay, I'm gonna have to sit down and read that then. Cool. All right, Tim. How about we talk about Royals number two? Let's do it. All right. So. I know that uh, some members of the panel were not overly enthusiastic about reading the first issue of this book, but uh, I stuck with it through issue number two in terms of getting a physical copy. And 
um, there's a nice twist in this book. You know, we, there's still a bit of a setup. There's still a bit of a, a future uh, setup that's uh, establishing this, this story as kind of a flashback. And uh, I'm sure that'll play out uh, in future issues. But in the meantime, in the between time, in the current time, um, we're following the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the travels of uh, most of the uh, inhuman royal family uh, traveling into space when I say most of the human royal family, I really mean that because uh, what's revealed is that um, one of the uh, one of the members of the crew of the human royal family is not who they seem to be. Should have seen that twist coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. I kind of, I, I kind of, uh, it, it spices up the overall rest of the story for the book now. Absolutely, absolutely, and it kind of solves um, a, a bit of a logistical problem, if you know what I mean. Like, where's Black Boat when his book starts? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to ring the spoiler bell before I got to that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much that. Um, uh, also, there is, there is a, a slight, you know, what I love about, like, old school comics sometimes is the continuity nods. There's a, con- there's a nod to current Marvel continuity in this issue. And you picked up on it, right, Tim? With yeah, the, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Exactly. There's a nod to, to something that happens and is happening in t- or is about to happen in Secret Empire number zero that, uh, that, that pops up in this book. And it's, it's kind of a cool thing to see. You know, it reminds you that, in fact, there is a, you know, the, 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 the universe really is interconnected. Hmm. Anything else? No, I'm skimming through it while you were talking about Super Sons. It's two artists, John Boy Myers and uh, I think Tony Silas. Oh, I, I totally missed that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean they they fit well enough together so it wasn't a big shocking change but Iris fan on the show I believe so I was disappointed to see that he didn't do the entire issue. You know what's funny is that I thought that John Boy Myers was getting tired as he got towards the end of the issue. You know, like something <laughs> so? Yeah, no, that, that in my mind you know some of the details start to slip. And I know I noticed the the change but it's so subtle that I thought that uh it was just him, you know, kind of uh, rushing to finish up the book. But now that I see that there was, in fact, the second artist, it makes more sense now. I'm still intrigued to see where the story goes. Same here. Mm. Same here. Yeah, it seems like they have a twofold. They have a twofold mission now. Oh yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. All right, let's see what's left. We're running low on books and running low on time. So let's <laughs> see what we can do to move things along. Uh, Roddy. Let's talk yes. about Ms. Marvel number 17. Let's do it. But this is definitely a candidate. I mean, I do have two other candidates for a click of the week, but I am very happy to say that um, this wrap-up uh, story to the most recent arc that involved kind of like a weird villain uh, definitely wrapped up on a good note and definitely um, uh, tied up some loose ends, created some new potential storylines, but also just you know told a really effective story, and I just enjoyed reading this from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. There is a page actually that is probably going to go up on CB Caps that um, is pretty great. You know, normally I just try to restrict it to to uh, panels, but the page was right. was pretty cool. Yeah, in, in the beginning with uh, Zoe stuff, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I th- I thought that was a great way to open up this the the issue, mm-hmm. where it really dealt with. Something that you didn't think it was going to deal with right up, you know, right off the top of the bat, you know? Right, right. You know, and without spoiling too much, there's been a couple of uh, ongoing plot lines in, uh, the, in, the, in the pages of Ms. Marvel that involve Ms. Marvel's uh, friends and family due to uh, some of the things that this uh, uh, computer-based 
villain has uh, unleashed upon her personal life. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's really interesting to see how the, all that interplayed. And um, not a real spoiler alert, but I'll ring the bell. Not a real spoiler, but I'll ring the bell because it is a mild spoiler alert, that is. I believe, I believe this book contains the very first depiction in a Marvel comic book of a land party. It might be the first. I don't know. Oh, the recent history, maybe. Yeah, it's a pretty good depiction. When I looked at it, oh my God. Is that what the college (laughs) kids do nowadays? Oh, no. Less organized than I've seen, but yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it was. This was a great. This was a lot of fun to read. Like you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it. A lot of a lot of the, the the enjoyment I got out of this is to kind of finally get to the end of this kind of weird uh, computer based villain story arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find myself thinking, you know, if only you know things worked like the the resolution of the enemy worked in this way in real life. Yeah, because basically, so to just give a slight little bit of backstory. Uh, Kamala's enemy is a virus that kind of came out of uh, the game she likes to play, kind of a Warcraft type of game. Uh, and it started actually from their servers, but and it propagated because people were opening up the you know, documents and stuff. And it learned from them and kind of gained sentience. So Kamala got the idea of getting her, her, uh, her guildmates together and say, we're going to switch it up. Instead of the stuff we normally do, we're going to change up our behavior so that it'll change up the virus learning from us you know, and, and try to do better. So they go into the game you know, starting off and basically are nice. Not to say they're not nice, but, you know, usually if you're playing a game like that, it's like you're, it's always about the loot rush and doing this and that other thing, you're getting to the ball, doing a ball right. rush and stuff like that. So you're playing to win, you're playing to get whatever point right. you can get in this game. And uh, uh, basically, uh, the gamers' uh, attitudes were informing the attitude of the virus. So, right. Um, you know, it was a very, you know, it was a very, you know, I hate to say that it was kind of, kind of like a naive way of looking at, um, yeah you know, how, how, how things learn, but then it is a computer program, you know? So, yeah. you know, it, it, it made sense in the end. Well, easy way in, easy way out. So, well, not easy, but you know what I'm saying. But, um, so yeah, and it starts to get affected by this and then that leads to a fight between it and Kamala in the, the quote unquote real world, which is still kind of at the end opens up the possibility of this thing still being around, judging by that last panel. Sure. But we don't know to, to what effect. So, but overall, yeah, it was definitely a good read and um, it, it was, it was enjoyable, as always. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Anyone else got something to talk about before we go into rapid fire? Because it sounds like it's about that time. I'm done with my books. I mean, I got a couple of them, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, I only got one in more. Fact, I can, in fact, I can do this next one. I don't even rapid. remember what I read. <laughs> and yet you wrote it down. I did. But that's <laughs> why I write it down. I have to write it down at my age. Yeah, oh. I, 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 I totally understand. That's why I usually write mine down when I'm reading because I would get that point. But I get to that, to that way also. I guess I only have one. Well, I have two more, but that's it. Yeah, I've only got one more. So we are officially in rapid fire. <laughs> Actually, no, I picked the wrong one. Hold on. That's the, that's that shots fired. <laughs> we are in rapid fire. That is our rapid fire sound effect. All right, then we have to go rapidly, though. Everybody got to go fast, though. No slowing down once we do the rapid. Where's right. John Machida? Oh no! So we are coming. We're about two guys who went out Transformers movie and blah, 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 GI Joe, whatever. Micro Machines. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. All righty. <clears throat> Who's going? All right, I'll go. Total, uh, totally awesome. Hulk number eighteen wraps up the story with the uh, Asian and Asian American heroes who have formed a, uh, a group 
that they have uh, called that that's called themselves the protectors. Um, they are fighting against some uh, aliens from Seknarf Seven who are threatening to eat, literally eat some humans they've kidnapped all uh, out of the island of Manhattan in New York City. And um, basically, it is the protectors rallying to win the day um, and ultimately uh, triumphing, um, but almost at the risk of losing what makes them heroes as opposed to the, uh, the, the aliens who are basically willing to sacrifice the humans for uh, their, uh, you know, to, to fill their stomachs. So, you know, ultimately, it's kind of an all's well that ends well, but it's a little bit of a, a learning experience for the, the, young, the younger heroes in this group, specifically Ms. Marvel, Silk, and uh, Amadeus, uh, the Totally Awesome Hulk. And it's kind of cool to see the three of them uh, kind of come together at the end of this book. Um, it's a shame that Silk isn't actually a member of uh, the Champions. I hope she becomes one soon. So this was a lot of fun um, seeing uh, this group come together, uh, kind of a ad hoc uh, super group that Greg Pak put together. But hopefully we'll see more adventures with them in the future. Now, the quiz the question. Did they walk 500 miles because they could have changed their name to the Proclaimers? Oh, no. But they use the name Protectors? Yeah, they do. Yeah, because that was the do. Malibu uh, superhero team, and Marvel bought out Malibu just to get their uh, coloring yeah. uh, department years ago. So oh, I guess that means those Malibu characters are never coming back officially. Right. Now. They own the trademark. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to know why is Hulk fighting Darkseid's parademons, and why does the <laughs> one on the cover have Hellboy's uh, Iron Hand of Doom? That's a good question. Oh. <laughs> Although you could say, well, it does kind of look like um, what you call it. Um, who was uh, the the guy from uh, uh, Apocalypse? Um, what should we call it? Uh, Age of Apocalypse. The guy with the cannon hand kind of looks like that too. Holocaust was it? Holocaust. Yeah, it was Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a cut. Yeah, <laughs> <for> real. <laughs> All right. X-Men fan here. Yeah, same. Yeah, right. We both came up with it, so that's a deep cut. All right. All right. I got one real quick. Fire? Okay. All right. Uh, Black Panther: World of Wakanda, number six. This sadly is the appears to be the last issue of this book. Oh. However, it does set up uh, as I said the life and colors of Casper Cole volume 2 in which this is a Casper Cole focused issue. You, we see him in New York at his job not really loving his his um not really loving his life right now. He apparently got kicked out of his mom's house where his uh baby's mama and mom is, is. Uh, living and still gotta you know get support for them. He's still on a police force, but apparently he's not you know he's not even like a beat cop. He's like on a desk or something, trying to get a promotion to detective so he can get some more money so he, you know so he can raise his family. He gets a call from T'Challa um, that coincidentally ties into a case that he's actually you know um, having to to um, look you know review evidence on having to do with uh, cardiac that Spider Man villain oh, and yeah. also yeah. Uh, and the Vanisher of all people, because the Vanisher um, has been stealing raw vibranium, which I thought vibranium was gone, but Secret Wars, I'm guessing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there goes that story idea I had. Anyway, um, so T'Challa tasks um, Casper to go find out what's up on that end since he's there. He's kind of hesitant because he he acts like he doesn't want to do much for anything for um, for for T'Challa anymore, but he acts like he also acts like even though he's not from Wakanda, he acts like he cares more for Wakanda than he thinks T'Challa does because T'Challa brings up the fact that of like if you do this for me, I gotta you know handle this new the new um you know the new ruling class thing over here and and 
And Catherine was like, do you even, like, do you even care? And so I was like, don't even underestimate the fact that I care about Wakanda, basically. Uh, so anyway, goes off and do this, runs into Cardiac and um, kind of gets some information from him about where the Vanisher is. Goes there, takes care of that. Um, we also find out that the vibranium kind of reacts to uh, the Vanisher's power, so he had to, you know, do this and that and the other. Um, and in the um, chasing down of Vanisher, they both get uh, transported to Wakanda quickly, as um, as uh, Casper is, you know, handling things. And then at the end of the book, T'Challa and Casper um, talk face to face and. Charles like, look, I still need you, and this and that and other, and which has something to do with some stuff going on in his book. That that there are some clues here and there. So at the end of the book, we see T'Challa's like, look, I need you to do this. Shows him s- some upgraded weaponry and stuff that looks like um, some of T'Challa's so Wakanda's secret police type stuff. And he was like, are you up for the job? And looks like we see, um, you know, Casper uh, kind of in agreement, even though he doesn't say anything. So I'm assuming that season's going to play out in the, in Black Panther proper. That's where we leave it at. But like I said, at the end of the book, it seems that we find out this is the last issue of this video. Yeah, actually, I just looked now. it up, and uh, the trade is uh, one through six. Yes. And there's uh, no there are no further listings for the series in the uh, retail mm. database. So. so there you go. Okay. Anybody else on Rapid Fire? All right. I got two real quick to get through. Uh, first, letter 44, number 32. Uh, definitely not new reader friendly, uh, considering there's like four issues left. Uh, but but basically, this explains why everything happened in the first place. So um, everything what, what what we've come to know is that there's this giant energy wave heading towards the center of the universe, destroying everything in its path. Um, and Earth happens to be along the path of destruction. So. These aliens have built this machine. They're going to absorb the energy from our sun, shoot it at this energy wave to try to slow it down. Um, and eventually this is a process that's been going on for millions of years. It's going to go on for millions more. Earth is going to be destroyed in the process, but they're trying to stop this energy wave from destroying the entire universe. And here we find that it all started way back in this alien home world that was way on the edge of the universe. Uh, they, they were, their sun was going to collapse, and they were going to try to harness the power for themselves. Um, and they built this big machine, and the machine uh, blew up and sent out the energy wave. And so they've been following it ever since, trying to make amends for the fact that they unleashed this on the galaxy. And they're willing to kill, you know, uh, billions of galaxies along the way in order to save, you know, the other billions in the, the universe. So um, for people who've been reading for 31 issues, uh, this is the one that finally explains why it, it all happened in the first place. So it's a good little piece of story to get right before the uh, grand finale of the uh, series. So, I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It made for a really good read, fun read uh, to finish things out as far as that story goes. I'm glad that uh, they wait until the very, very end. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, because for the longest time, there was this sense that you knew something was coming, but you didn't know what exactly it was. And you didn't know if these guys were good or bad. And you didn't know like what their plan for humanity was. So there were a lot of questions and it was more about the people dealing with that uncertainty. Um, but then now as we're gearing up towards the end, it becomes much more about, okay, now here's the problem. Here's what we've got to you know fix. So uh, it's become much more focused as it comes towards the end of the story, which is good uh, as opposed to some other comics that start out strong and then just kind of, you know, scattershot everywhere and lose uh, all their focus. Um, hmm. And then one other book to talk about here is Moon Knight, Moon Knight I 13. I read most of this. I skimmed it, but I read, no, I, I mostly read it. It was good. 
Yeah, well, it's mostly flashback uh, to an earlier time in Mark Spector's life. Hello. Um, and um, he's he's heading towards the final confrontation uh, with Khonshu, I think is how you pronounce it, the Egyptian god that ha- gave him his powers but basically made him go crazy in the process. Yeah. Um, and so he's heading towards this final confrontation, and um, Khonshu is playing these mind games, uh, you know, stirring up memories and... and basically making him walk through his own brain uh, in certain panels in order to, you know, try to get through to where the final confrontation is going to happen. So um, it, it's again, a story where as far as the plot goes, you, you don't get a whole lot. Um, it, it, technically speaking, he walks through the doors and up the steps and down the hallway. Uh, technically that's all that happens, but because of the way um, Lemire, you know, structures his story, we really get an idea of, who Mark Spector is and what put him in the path of Khonshu, um, how he came to, we're going to see, you know, him getting the powers, uh, the, the flashback as to when um, he was in Egypt and uh, uh, he was working as a mercenary and there, um, the, the guy you see on the cover is the Bushmaster and the Bushmaster is trying to steal these artifacts from the tomb. And so, you know, you're seeing the, basically the birth of Moon Knight as we get to the end of this story. So it's working in the two different time periods at the same time. So, like I said, as far as plot goes, you don't really get a whole lot. But as far as story goes, it's packed with a lot of good stuff, giving you the background of Mark Spector. So it's another fantastic issue in the run. People who are not reading this, go back to number one, buy some trades, get the back issues, buy them on Comixology. I don't care what you have to do in order to find them, but it is definitely a series that needs to be read. Sure. I think it'll read a lot better in a collective form. You know, there's a couple of rough spots in the, you know, in the series, you know, in terms of like kind of slogging your way through. But I think overall, I agree with you that uh, it's definitely worth reading. Yeah, it's definitely one of those that, you know, once it gets, I, I don't know, like how long it's going to last, you know, or how long Lemire is going to stick with it. Uh, how many issues he even has left in this current arc? I mean, he may I go. Think at all. I think it's maybe one or two at this point. Maybe, but I mean, he's, he also could go to 18. You know, right. he could go to 24. I mean, you really don't know. But it's one of those things that when, when his run is finished, I probably will pull out the entire stack and, sure. you know, read through it again because it's, it's worth it. It's a great story. Agreed. All righty. So, uh, clicks of the week time, everybody. Uh, mm, never mind. Yes. No, I was, I was going to bring up a couple books real quick, but don't worry about it because they're funny. Um, but I will say this. G.I. Joe number four is the crown jewel of the Hasbro universe. I feel almost contractually, contractually obligated to say that. All right. And we, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Hmm. Are we picking clicks now? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Minus Super Sons number three. Wow. Yes. You know, uh, I'm kind of torn. I'm, I really did like Secret Empire number zero, but I think I had a better time reading Ms. Marvel number 17. So I'm going to go with Ms. Marvel number 17 this week. Uh, for me, as the fanboy I am, uh, it's definitely the Batman 21 and getting back to the uh, the DC Universe Rebirth storyline. All right, Roddy, you're up. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I know, I know what Roddy's going to pick. Uh, he Not picked Zombie, Tramp. Zombie Tramp 34. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I saw it out there, level. But um, I think I will actually. I am slightly torn too because that period was all right for the acid trip that it was, and World of Wakanda. But I think I'll go with Miss um, Marvel number seventeen. Also, cool. All righty. 
So before we go into our first, our first ad read of the night, while our show was being recorded tonight, the New York Rangers won three to two in overtime in Montreal. So does that uh, mean anything? Yes, they're up three to two in their first round playoff series. Uh, and there is some sound that should be coming up shortly. There we go. Oh, we created a monster. Is that a golf team? I'm confused. It's a goal song. So that's it. You know, we've created a monster. We've uh, created the ability to uh, tap into untold and uh, numerous sounds. So be warned, be forewarned. And we'll lead that into, we'll use that as a lead into our first ad for the night, which is uh, for Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friend's attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale at a discount each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. On their site now is uh, a t-shirt that says, surely not everybody was kung fu fighting, uh, inspired by the song. And um, personally, I think the size of your boat is just fine. It's Jaws uh, talking to the boat in Jaws. So, um, and much more all on sale. To, he- to help keep our podcast free, order from Buzz the Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Buzz the Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Buzz the Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Alrighty. So for those who don't know, with my new work schedule, I, at least going forward, will be probably leaving the show at this point in the in the broadcast to let my my guest mates here, my co-hosts, finish out the show so I can get a good night's sleep. I w- because Tim, of all of us, needs all the beauty sleep, right? Is that what it is? Oh, no! I need to stay sane, uh, beauty mm-hmm. rest, whatever the equipment <laughs> that is. Yeah, what's sanity? Overrated. Uh, so you got one more week to the news, unless one of y'all wants to drive tonight. Yeah, we got it. You got it? Let's roll. Uh, we tag teaming us or what? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll alternate. Just same, you know, what we would do with Tim sometimes when he's uh, feeling under the weather. Okay. So uh, case, take the lead. This. So in that, actually, in that case, I may actually go ahead and get some sleep now. I'll, I'll send you an email, Roddy, with the what the show notes look like. All right. Do that. All righty. As we say good night and sweet dreams to Tim, D-O-double-G-9-8. And happy birthday again. Happy birthday. Peace. Later. All right. First up, animated Spider-Man film finds its Miles Morales, and it is Shameik Moore from The Get Down. So congratulations. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? So it's, um, whatchamacallit? Oh, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, oh, goodness. What the heck is this character's name on, on The Get Down? It just, no clue. You haven't watched it? Nope. Not yet. Oh, man. It's, um, it's, 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 it's something flamboyant. <laughs> I'm killing myself. Oh, I can't believe this. It's got to be in the article, right? Well, that's, that's uh, a really memorable not. name he's got there, huh? It's actually pretty cool. I can't remember. It actually, it, no, it's not an article, actually. No, it's lame. Google. Where are you, Google? Well, why are you doing that? <laughs> you want to get to the next one. Get down. Oh, uh, man. No, see, no, I'm going to dwell on this, man. Okay. What the hell is this? I've got to figure out what the hell this character's name is. Because it's, uh, it's, it should be memorable. It's funny that I would call it memorable and then not be able to remember it, which is embarrassing as hell. Um, it's Miles Morales. Shaolin Fantastic. Oh, okay. I thought that was the name of the group. 
No, no, no. The, the name of the group is the Get Down. So uh, the character's name is Shaolin Fantastic, as played by Shamik Moore. Okay. So, all right. So I will take the next one. Marvel's Inhumans adds Chad James Buchanan in a mystery role. So, uh, Marvel and IMAX have, may have announced the core cast of uh, the Inhuman series, but uh, actor Chad James Buchanan has been revealed to be heading to Hawaii where the series is being filmed. So, we don't know too much about what his role in the series might be. It may be um, one of the older uh, Inhuman characters, but more than likely is a possible new human, one of the newer creations uh, by Charles Soule et al. Um, in the uh, reintroduction and re-emphasis of the Inhumans in the Marvel Universe. Slightly looked like Paul Walker, but I don't know. At least mm. in that picture. Sure. Anywho, uh, speaking of, wait, something I did not. James Gunn uh, will be your writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy Three. He confirmed this on this Facebook page. There you go. What was that? Crumple paper? No, it was supposed to be audience applause, but it didn't oh. sound right. That wasn't. Yeah, my- it was not. <laughs> That was my. That wasn't my sound effect. Uh, you know, we're kind of crowdsourcing our sound effects here, so we're trying to figure out what's going to work. Um, let's see. So the next one is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two has multiple post-credit scenes. I believe it's confirmed that there are five. That is correct. Goodness gracious, man! Just make us sit on our butts and have our butts fall asleep on us, man. And actually, I'm going to pop one in here real quick from later on. Uh, there. Because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 sound, soundtrack has been revealed. The set list is out there. In fact, it is on Spotify right now, but it goes on sale digitally tomorrow. There you go. Um, there's some, some cuts there. There's a flashlight by Parliament, because, you know, you got to have that. And even one new song at the end featuring one David Hasselhoff, which is no. why he was at the, um, the premiere, I guess. No way. Yes, way. It is called Guardians Inferno, and that's the only song that is actually new. That song was not on Spotify, but everything else on the list oh, was. Yeah, because it so. hasn't been released yet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Star, wait, hold on. Yeah, you're right. You're up next, right? Uh, sure, I'll take it. Um, since I did put that one in there. Star Wars Rebels could, confirm, could soon confirm one beloved fan theory about Captain Rex. And that is that he's the bearded guy from that was um, leading troops in Return of the Jedi. Okay. Which kind of makes sense if you look at the picture that I got up right now. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Uh, Speaking of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the last Jedi trailer finally dropped at Star Wars Celebration last weekend. And uh, it's caused a lot of uh, ruckus online. People Hmm. trying to figure out what some of the hidden meanings are in the trailer. This is true. It's a good trailer, though. I liked it. Yeah, I watched it about three or four different times. So yeah. I was about to say, it's no Thor Ragnarok, unfortunately, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops, and I don't want to play it. So, um, playability. Well, yeah, you'd not be to, wouldn't be able to hear it um, unless I did some stuff. Anyway. I could make you hear it, though. I know you could. We will, oh. We'll forego that for right now, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure anybody who's, who's wanted to see it has seen it by now. Um, so still some Star Wars news. Leia's Carrie Fisher is not in episode nine. Apparently there was some news that was saying, or some rumors are saying she was, but, uh, Kathleen Kennedy has confirmed, no, she will not. Now as to how they handle that, don't know, but she's apparently she's going to be a lot in eight. So that's good. All right. Uh, more last Jedi news. The last Jedi meet Kelly Marie trans new Star Wars character Rose, who is a resistance mechanic. Hmm. So, uh, 
So yeah, all of the stuff is coming out from Celebration that happened last right. weekend and uh, during the panel. I, I actually saw uh, this panel; it was pretty cool. And you know, the the crew didn't have had a whole bunch of nice things to say, especially Mark Hamill, who's you know has a lot to say. <laughs> but and she seemed to have a lot of energy, so I'm curious as to what her um what her uh, totally character is going to be out. Yeah, and she hadn't really done that much before that, but um, she, she's in there. All right, you got the next one. Uh, Star Wars Rebels will end in season four. That's sad because I love that show. That show's good. Uh, where's the Where's the sad trombone? I'm looking for the sad. Here we go. But it also kind of makes sense because they because if you don't know, Rebels kind of takes place um, pretty much right before A New Hope, and since we already have uh, Rogue One out there, and they've been kind of steadily you know going towards A New Hope at a at a clip. So it was a matter of time to where they, whether this was the reason or not, you know, they were kind of hitting the stopping point. They've uh, put in Grand Animal Thrawn in here. So, you know. <laughs> gotcha. 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 All right. So um, the next, a couple of Star Wars I'm going to kind of group together so we can sure. move along. Uh, there's a very sm- subtle Thrawn reference in Rogue One. I'm going to have to look at that. Uh, also, the next Star Wars spinoff movie may be announced sooner than you think. Damn autoplaying clips. All right. And here, oh, you would give me this one. Um, Why? I'll tell you. Callista Flacco is bringing Cat Grant back for Supergirl season finale. Oh, actually, I missed that one. Hold on. Back up. There we go. That wasn't the one I was going for. Oh, no. Oh, okay. You can take the the next one. Well, that was the one I didn't want, but that's fine. So here is your first look at (laughs) Sci Fi's Krypton show. Um, And apparently, they put a, like, a trailer type thing out there, but it's actually not official. Uh, uh, the, as they say, letter in an option. I mean, in the article. Um, yeah. And as you, if you don't know, Krypton is the stuff before Man of Steel. Apparently it's um, using Man of Steel as the prequel, as it is going to be the prequel to like a Man of Steel type situation. And yeah. Great. Okay. Alrighty. Uh... An R-rated Watchmen movie could be coming soon, according to a leaked Warner Brothers survey. Uh, wait, hold on. We might have talked did, about this. Did we get that? Huh? No, no. no there was the there was the motion comic one that we got, but I don't think we had from an actual like the regular DC animated stuff. Well, this is so, animated. Yeah, because this just says an R-rated Watchmen movie. It doesn't say animated movie. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Oh no 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 oh no 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 no. I might have said something in there. I can't remember. Yeah, it's in the story. An animated yeah. adaptation. So yeah, yeah adjust the headline to an R-rated animated Watchmen movie. Which I thought it did say that before, but maybe not. Because I've, I've seen an article that said it was on another article that said it was animated also. So anyway, right. it's coming, whether you want it or not. All right, so I'll, I'll keep things moving along. Gina Rodriguez to voice Carmen Sandiego in Netflix series. Cool. Uh, I got this next one. Uh, animated Jackie Chan Adventures returning. Feature film in the works. So for those who like the, that uh, show, congratulations, you get more of it. And, of course, this is, you know, Jackie Chan's deal because he said he wanted to bring some stuff to children. And I guess he wanted to bring this back out and bring words to the culture, all about his culture. Wu-Tang is for the kids. Yeah, and so is Jackie Chan. All right. all right, so there's finally an update on the movie version of Mark Millar's time-traveling comic Chrononauts. I don't know what the update is, though. It's moving forward? Yeah, sure. Cool. There and actually, I think I saw a rumor out there saying that there might actually be a couple of Marvel, um, you know, cinematic universe people possibly tapped for it. 
Okay. Um, apparently, there's a sketch of Josh Brolin as Cable making us more excited for Deadpool number two. But I think the sketch is by Rob Liefeld. So how could we really be excited? <laughs> is there a good aping Greg Land? What? It's not a bad, not a bad sketch. If, if that is indeed, that's person. not Liefeld. Come on, it's from Jimmy? his. Hey, it is from his account. So you know what uh, I said? He's aping Greg Land. What? It's not, but yeah, it's from his account. But he didn't draw that. Come on. It says Rob Liefeld Creations. I mean, I, I'm kind of that, with that's you. That's a studio. That's his group of people. He's got, he's got Matt not... Horak who works there, and some of those other guys. He's using them. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, I love how that brought out all the uh, the, the passion and animosity. Like I don't say up until this point, but then uh... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Come on, you know, Rob Liefeld has his um, you know, he is divisive, sort of. Anywho, um, Black Panther trailer won't drop until this summer, which I suppose that's news. I I am excited one way or the other. Right, I'm just happy that it's dropping. Yeah, yeah. So good forewarning. All right. This was news, I think, that dropped today. Uh, the Captain Marvel directors have been revealed. Uh, yesterday, but yeah. Was it yesterday? Okay, I know that was very recently because... Uh, there was, there was, there's a couple of articles out there today about, hey, uh, I think Feige or somebody came out and said why he, why he chose. Right. These are uh, kind of um, uh, uh, indie film directors, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And uh, it's, you know, they, they, they've got previous co-directing experience in directing uh, uh, smaller budget films. Uh, it's kind of a funny story and uh, half Nelson. So um, it's cool that uh, Marvel has settled on a team, and we should not be um, dismissive of this group because Marvel seems to have a knack for picking uh, uh, directors who are either on their way up or have a pretty unique vision that they can incorporate into the Marvel Universe. Yeah, but say, hey, it worked with the Russos. Exactly, it worked with the Russos. It seemed to have worked with... Uh, um, the Lego um, movie joke. Uh, no, no, no. I was about to say Taiki wa, wa, uh, Taika Waiti, the director for Thor. While that still has to be proven just based on the trailer alone, I think that they've uh, hit on something. Well, you could argue James Gunn also, even though he's been doing That's this right. thing for a while, but you know he's not known to mainstream audience. We got so. him. You got the next one? Yep. Kevin Feige confirms Marvel will keep working with Spider-Man beyond Homecoming. So is that the um, Spider-Man Spring Formal, or what is what comes oh. after Homecoming? Oh. No, no, you have Homecoming, and then you've got like the Spring Formal, and then you've got Prom, oh, and then you've got right. Senior Week. Um, Good sure. I don't know. <laughs> Spider-Man Senior Skip Day, <laughs> Pajama Jammy Jam Day. Oh my yeah. God. So basically, this is sound like he's um, he's probably going to be in Infinity War and whatever that other Avengers movie he could possibly, that's going to be after Infinity War, he could possibly show up in. Right. Oh. But they just say, oh yeah, Spider-Man Sadie Hawkins dance, they do reference that in here. Ah, that's good. That one's good. I like that. Alright. Um, this is something that I saw, you know, relatively relatively soon after it dropped online. I happened to be looking down at my phone and not doing work in my office. Um, the Cloak and Dagger trailer uh, for uh, Freeform's new Marvel series dropped, and I guess I'm the most familiar with these characters. No, I'm familiar um, with them. I just I, don't care that much. <laughs> understood. Understood. It's just that I, I guess I, I just sort of ignored a lot of the teeny bopper stuff because obviously uh, I'm not part of the target demographic. So I just sort of took that as, you know, uh, not filler, but, you know, I guess for, for fans of the, the, the superhero characters, it sort of is. It's like, all right, get to the point where they use their powers. Right. So 
Um, you know, I, I like the, uh, the the revised dynamic and the, the revised origin that's hinted at strongly in the trailer. So um, if anyone's familiar with the characters, they were actually um, teenage runaways who were subjected to um, uh, 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 illegal drug trials. And that's pretty much how they discover their powers. So it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's a, it's something that doesn't necessarily translate to today's, uh, uh, you know, to today's reality. So obviously they have to adapt it somewhat to uh, fit with the times, but I'm um, hoping that, uh, you know, the spirit of the characters comes through and uh, their, you know, their, um, you know, their, uh, their connection, you know, the, the interconnectedness between the two characters is uh, something that I hope really translates well into the show. Well, I'm going to have to double check what their origin was in the uh, ultimate universe, but that's what it really felt like to me. It felt, uh, felt to me like they were doing a lot of the beats from the ultimate storyline. So I'll have to double check on that. But, but I mean, at the same time, it totally felt like, like this is for 14 year old girls. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, this is all free form. So exactly. Exactly. Like I said, not exactly part of the target demographic, you, myself, or Roddy. Yeah. They're not on Lifetime yet, but they're working oh, their way there. Oh, yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not Lifetime material. Like I said, that's why they got it here. <laughs> like they yeah. could make Team Disney, but <laughs> wait, actually, I, I gotta not find, Team Disney. I got to find a good laugh track. I really got to find a good laugh track in this. I'm looking for one, and I just or ABC Family. That's what it was. Yeah, definitely Same difference. Track. Anywho, right. um, oops, that's not that one. Um. <laughs> Squirrel Girl's new Warriors TV roster is revealed. So we have so we have Squirrel Girl, we have Mr. Immortal, we have Night Thrasher, Speedball, Microbe, and Debris, which is a, a later iteration of um, of um, Night Thrasher, or at least a mix of later iterations of the new Warriors. And I am slightly kind of who cares on this one, but I, I <laughs> and they're playing it as a comedy, but so I'm like, okay, I, I got to see what this is. And I'm still looking forward to whether they're going to actually do that, that um, uh, damage control one. Cause they don't say anything about it. All righty. We can skip the next one. We just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Cage season two may begin production soon. Uh, Defenders is like, I guess just in the tank in the can. Yep. Coming soon ish. All righty. We and see we- Missy, uh, Miss Simone missing working it out. Hey, Simone. Hey, girl. Um, All right. Moving on to comic news. Upcoming Valiant issue gets warning label due to shocking graphic on-panel death of Major Hero. Didn't we talk about this? Don't think so. Because I found this, like, right after the show or something. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I don't think any of us reads Valiant, so I don't think any of us cares that often. You know, I I have the the XO Man of War Zero that... Or number one, whatever that just came out a couple weeks ago, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but XO is its own thing and its own place and its own time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tie into the rest of the Valiant universe. Or will it, as we will see in a little bit? <laughs> well, all right. Then, then I'll have a stopping point. But uh, <laughs> okay, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, let's see where are we at. Uh, Star Wars: The Screaming Cynical, a first look at the epic crossover. So yeah, we knew this was coming, and we get to. Uh, some uh some panels and um we get some panels and some covers from said book or Fred said number one book, which okay. is the second crossover in the Star Wars um books. Right. So uh the next story involving Star Wars books coming out of celebration was that Lucasfilm and IDW uh as a publisher joined forces for all ages Star Wars comics and not Marvel, but IDW instead. Mm-hmm. Probably because IDW has a much bigger line of all ages friendly right. books. 
Right. So it makes more sense to to let them go ahead. It's um you see a lot of that with uh, the DC stuff, or I'm sorry, not the DC stuff, the uh, Disney stuff. Disney. Even though um you know Marvel is owned by Disney, all the kids books are coming out from a company called Joe Comics. Right. Um and uh, they're, uh that is actually a separate company. No, that's a. I want to say they're an Italian company. Yeah, it's no, where a lot are. of the the animators and illustrators are from. You know, over there. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they're just using them in their um, own country and using a, a publisher from over there to make the books and bring them back over here. So it's not entirely unheard of that that Marvel would not be doing um, a younger, you know, reader friendly title. Right. How is that line of theirs doing with the the, the rides, the the books based on the rides and stuff? Is that still? Oh, the the first. Two did pretty good, and then after that, it's just you know, oh, enchanted tiki room. Like, who wants yeah. to do that? You know, it's just one exactly. of those things. If they, if they go back to a popular ride, like you know, they did Journey to Imagination as a ride that you know that definitely sold a whole lot. But you know, oh, Haunted Mansion is just not people, too many people thought of the movie. So mm-hmm. okay, all right. Next. Um, Marvel announced the Star Wars Captain Phasma comic series. Since we didn't see a whole hell of a lot of Captain Phasma in uh, Force Awakens, and we're still not really sure if we were going to see much in um, Last Jedi. True. So they got to you know uh, expound upon the characters' uh, stories uh, somewhere. Mm. And it's going to be a, a mini series, just like most of the other books have been. So sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Star Wars. Let me make sure I didn't miss that. So we got toy, some toy news. Speaking of Star Wars, um, Star Wars ships and vehicles come to life in EFX collectibles. Um, you got a ATST here. I'm showing up. Star Destroyer. This is some good looking stuff. I will never buy this stuff. It's going to be expensive. Presumably, uh, so, right? It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily say. Did we just see pictures of it? But I'm going to assume yes. Okay. There's a Falcon. Another Falcon. Yeah. That's right. it. Good looks. Oh, is it a type bomber? T- uh, yeah. Look at that. So. Alrighty. Um, we'll wrap the next two stories together too. The newest little golden books give kids a crash course in everything Star Wars. And IDW is going to release a deluxe edition of vintage Star Wars newspaper comic strips. Cool. So I'm actually a fan of those those books. Um, so I, I might check this out because I have the. I think they did the He Man and yeah. the Spider Man ones. Cool. Yeah, they I also did the uh, the Batman uh, and Superman. Right. Comic strip books. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, let's see. So next we have, um, oh, Naomi meets Amos in the first look at uh, issue two of Expanse Origins Comics. So if you don't know the the Sci-Fi Channel um, original, actually it's based off of books. But anyway, the, the Expanse has some comic books. Um, this one's where Naomi Nagata, who's seen here, played by the lovely Dominique Tipper, is going to meet uh, her friend, Otis, wait, not Otis, Amos, excuse me, who was a oh. shipmate on the Roxy. Um, if you haven't been watching the, the uh, Expanse, it is a good show. And the, the comic is coming from Boom Studios. Cool. All right. And next up, we've got Deathstroke recruiting his, his own version of... Team. And actually, excuse me, it came, out this, like it came out this week. Oh, this book, that book uh, for the yeah, Expanse? Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm sorry. Uh, as I was saying, the, uh, the, de- the next story is uh, Deathstroke recruits his version of the Teen Titans in issue 21 of the... Uh, uh, so uh, of the uh, the same titled book, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little behind on Deathstroke. But then, then, in fact, it came out this week. But um, I need to catch up on that. Cause Although I think amused. I think I read that uh, Deathstroke is switching to monthly instead of biweekly. Um, I'm not sure if that's 100 percent correct, but I think I read that somewhere that it's switching instead of being every uh, two weeks, it'll just be once a month. Hmm. But they're still keeping the code stuff. 
Right. So that way you'll get the digital codes because the buy the buy weekly ones don't get the codes. Right. So move they'll move it to a monthly and put the codes in it is what I Yeah, because I see some it does say something about that in here. Sorry. <laughs> is there a delivery truck in your uh, apartment? <laughs> you buy the by the wharf or something? Oh, it's, um, the, it's the Gullhorn again. <laughs> Marvel drops Spider Man teaser image, and I believe there's a little bit more to that. So uh, yeah, in that they also set the release date and some other art. So this is a follow up to the Spider Man crossover from 2012. It looks like so, which I've still yet to read. A sequel to the miniseries that Bendis said if he ever did would be the. The, the final end of proof the universe. That he had no creative juices left within him. Oh right, and then they ended up doing all that stuff. For and they did it. <laughs> that is right. So, and of course, Bendis and Pacelli and sponsor sponsor are doing this one as they did now. Which actually, I did not read that miniseries, but I. Oh, was, it was. I mean, it was good. It was. Yeah. Um, it, it was fine. It was just that Bendis had made that statement that if he ever came up with a series like that, you would know that he had run out of like right. creative said, ideas or whatever it was. Right. They said no. There was not going to be any crossing over of those two universes, and end up happening more than. It happened, but I mean, what it really came down to was Peter Parker found himself in a universe where he was dead, but Gwen Stacy was still alive. Aunt May was uh, a lot younger. Um, you know, things were. It was more like this glorious alternate universe, except for the fact that he was dead in it. Right. And actually, like I said, the teaser brought up a question that I had since knowing about that miniseries. It's like, wait, does 616 have a Miles Morales? And I guess this is going to, this new miniseries is going to answer that particular question. Yep. Next. <sighs> are we close? Are we getting there? Uh, we kind of are. Okay. All right. So Marvel Comics releases a legacy teaser. Um, but also, if I'm not mistaken, you may have this later down in the, in the, in the, on the screen, on the sheet. Probably not. There's, there's been a delay. And uh, they were supposed to uh, solicit Legacy, uh, or oh, is that Generations? I'm sorry. Uh, it'll be tied. To, well, Legacy will be tied to Generations, right? But okay. I don't know which. Uh, I'm not sure which one is behind. I was about to say. I think. I think. I think Generations was solicited to start in July, but I guess it's going to be in August. So it's going to be more compressed. Oh, weird. Wait, compressed and not just go into like they've been doing the last couple of years? No, <laughs> I, no idea. I would presume that you're uh, on the right track with that. Mm. All right, so that bizarre Avengers zombie manga is coming to the U.S. Uh, so yeah, there was a there was a manga made in Japan about Marvel zombies. It's coming here. It sounds like it's weird. I don't care because it's zombies. Okay, um, Betty Page's secret life as a double agent is revealed in a new comic. More Valiant stuff. Yep. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, speaking of Valiant, actually. Valiant reveals plans for new Quantum and Woody, Ninja K, or Ninjak, as you prefer, Faith, and more. Which, by the way, this is the first time I've seen Ninja, Ninja Dash K, because every other time I've seen it as Ninjak, and I've always wondered which way it actually was. This is a weird screenshot you got up here, uh, uh, Dirt, <laughs> but I like it. This is, this is my, uh, my, my catch-all indie comics uh, banner. Yeah, this nice. has a little bit of everything mixed in it. You're, you're not wrong. Oh, it looks yeah. like, but it's like it's mostly IDW, though. Well, uh, well, you got Valiant, you got XO. Yeah, XO is over there, and, and um, Sex is in the back, yeah. and I don't know who this is over here. Interesting. On the left, but... It's it's a dude. Yeah, sure. So, but yeah, we're getting a new Quantum and Woody. Um, we're getting a new Ninja K, who was, this whose storyline sounds kind of familiar, because with an unknown assassin now wiping out, wiping out the remaining members of the Ninja program, one by one, Ninja K is next on the list, which sounds like a weapon next thing. Um... Yeah. And then there's going to be Eternity, and then Faith and the Future Force. 
All right. And I believe this is either along with, I don't know if there's going to be a book called Icons or that's what they're calling this new wave of book, the Icons line or something. But I saw something on that. Just didn't put it in there. All right. Uh, Diamond Comic Diamond. Distributors claims a reduction in damages with new Olive Branch system. This is something that PCN underscore Dirt may be able to speak to more. That was going to be my question. Uh, I've yeah, not heard of anything about this. This is this, <laughs> where was this announced? What is this from? Um, Blinko. Uh, so it says oh, as like the retailer to... summit thing has been going yeah. on. Yeah. So it sounds like one of their hubs has been going through a bunch of changes. Uh, two months ago, they instigated uh, a new system which reorders are recounted repeatedly, then packed together as few boxes as possible to re- reduce freight costs to for customers and reduce damages. And it goes on from okay. Blah, well, blah, blah. Olive Branch is the uh, distribution hub um, down by Nash or Memphis. Um, basically, I mean, uh, as far as like damages go, I, I don't know. Putting them in more boxes is better than less boxes as far as damages think. because. The, the corner of the box gets dinged and all your books on the inside get messed up. So I don't know what they're thinking with less boxes, but I guess they figure if you pack them tight enough, then that's less, less, less cost shift. for damages yeah, and less shift. shifting. Yeah. yeah. No, but, the, but, but shifting isn't really the problem. The problem is that, you know, UPS just chucks the boxes in trucks and uh, you know, the, the corners get bashed and the sides get pushed in and stepped on and whatever. So uh, no, they need to double up boxes, not, <laughs> not use single boxes. That's the wrong way. Which also makes it sound like, well, if they're reducing the boxes, they don't want to pay as much putting them out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that one in a couple months and see if there's a difference. <laughs> see how that works out. Yeah. All right. Um, what is this next one is me, right? Yep. Uh, hey, guess what, folks? That Atari Cinebook, Centipede book that you've always wanted is coming in July. I will buy that. Uh, I'm actually slightly more. Um, in fact, I should have asked him a little bit about this. Well, doing the uh, the one. Book. Yeah, yeah uh, Chad Bowers, who actually uh, frequents the store that I come into, is writing that book, and I've been meaning to ask him a little bit more. Like my short quest not is a little shaky, but I've been curious as to you know his uh, familiarity with that book. But he sounds like he's got some ideas for it from what he's been slightly hinting at. Not well, and, and part of the it. thing is like if the old games, you know, they were very simple arcade games. Obviously, uh, the graphics were very low res, but Atari always did this fantastic artwork. And if you got the book that came out, you know, Art of Atari uh, that came out, you saw a lot of those great paintings and a lot of the the artwork that went into them. And there was a lot more story in just like the cover artwork than what you actually got in any of the games. Hmm. So I know that that's part of the deal is they're trying to expand upon, you know, what the story is behind these games because you look at the artwork for – you know, you look at a game like Centipede, and it's like, well, what is it? You're a little like mushroom thing at the bottom, shooting at this thing across the top. But right. you know, you look at the artwork, and it's actually like this crazy spaceship thing, and it's shooting this giant monster that's attacking. You know, so uh, turning that into a story is a lot more interesting than you would think. Okay, they should have had Millipede because at least had bombs. No, I that's mean, the sequel. DDT. That'll no. be the next one. Oh yeah, you're right. They would do that. <laughs> and I wonder if they're still trying to get the asteroid movie out. You hadn't heard anything about it lately. Anyway, so that's so look forward to that. All right. Next. Uh, there is going to be a new saga arc kicking off with a 25 cent issue to celebrate 25 years of image comics. It's hard to believe. Saga still arguably the strongest image book among uh, fans. I don't know. I don't know. So I can't really say it. But I'm just saying you hear about that one a lot. Because I, I can tell you, we, we sell, I don't know, a handful of saga, but we sell a couple dozen of Walking Dead every month. So. Mm. Okay, you're right, you're right, yeah. But uh, these, they've been doing these 25-cent issues 
uh, with um, Outcast and Walking Dead, and uh, there was an Invincible. Um, a lot of these books have been doing this twenty-five cent thing, and the problem is, like, we don't make any money on them, you know. Right. And a lot of people will come in and they're like, "Oh, I want to buy that twenty-five cent book," and it's like, "Well, you know, <laughs> we ordered them for the subscribers. We threw a couple on the shelf, but you know, it's it doesn't make any sense for us to buy." a whole bunch of them because I mean, even if they sell out, you're going to make like what, $4, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really for us. It's not a great thing. And it's, it doesn't bring a lot of extra people. It just brings basically the same people that come in on free comic book day and try to take one of every book, you know? Right. Although I feel like probably cycle probably works in other areas. Cause I mean, every, every is, you know, every area is going to serve the same kind of people or same right people. So and yeah, you you probably still right though. It's probably it, this may not do much for anybody wherever it wherever this sells. So I think Saga honestly sells stronger as a trade. Right, uh, probably sells more from Barnes and Noble because uh, we do we do have people that come in sometimes and they're like, oh, do you have Saga? And we're like, oh yeah, here's the you know the most recent issues over here. And they're like, well, what about the first book? It's like, well, you know, we ordered a couple of them and they've sold out. If you want us to order one, and they're like, no, nah, I'll just go to Barnes and Noble. It's like, all right, well, mm-hmm. thanks for coming in. You know, that makes sense because Saga seems kind of dense, even though I haven't. I haven't cracked that nut just yet, but and it's, I have to admit, I'm probably the one guy, but I tried reading it and I just could not get into it. Yeah. Oh, you're not the one. Yeah. I'm about to say, I'm sure you're not. The only <laughs> okay. One, I'm, I'm it, in the it five. Has, <laughs> it, it, we, we, we do know it has its following out there on the, on the internet, but yeah, it, it is probably something that doesn't appeal to everyone. So All right. good for it either way. Um, is that you or me? This next one. That's you. Bennett's Animosity, The Rise, expands to a trilogy. I have this book, and I still haven't read it. Um, so apparently this started off as a one-shot, and now it is going to be a, um, a trilogy. So Animosity, as you don't know, if you don't know, is the book by Marguerite Bennett, who also writes uh, Josina Postcats, uh, DC Bombshells, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is her creator own book, where basically the animals start talking and start taking over the Earth, almost in a wow. uh, Planet of the Apes-style fashion. And Somewhere in there, there's a little girl that can, you know, that's uh, along for the ride, something like that. But this is pretty much a spinoff from that. Interesting. And the artist on this is Juan Doe. Uh, yep. the, 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 the name may not be familiar with a lot of our listeners and viewers, but um, for anyone who had any interest in the hip hop covers that Marvel put out, he actually designed and drew the Howard the Duck um, cover, the homage to the old Dirty Bastard cover. Yeah, He's done a few, and um, I can't. The, the rest of them are escaping me. I can't remember if he's actually done any interior work for anybody. That's so weird because I thought Juan Doe was implicated in a number of crimes all across the, the country, and uh, he's also shown up dead a number of times. Yes, he is actually going there. <laughs> That's funny, but you know, and also right. I met Juan Doe at uh, at New York Comic Con. He's pretty cool. Hmm. Cool, cool beans. Are you sure it was I him? Yes, I'm sure it was him. And he did tell me that it was a pseudonym. Um, of course. Some sad news to report. Marvel is ending uh, one of my favorite new launches. <laughs> After number seven. This is not cool. Oh, well. Rabble, rabble. We have a rabble, rabble sound effect. Come on. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that... Uh, uh, this book by uh, Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez is ending at issue number seven. But they're going out in a nice way, quote-unquote. Right. All right. Uh, in Justice 2, yeah, that's right. In Justice 2, video teases Joker, shows Green Arrow versus Batman. Uh, I'm, yes, this we have been getting a lot of uh, teaser trailers for this video game, and I cannot wait 
until May 5th, I believe it is, comes out. There's also some uh, other um, uh, video called, uh, um, what's it called? Shattered Alliances that you should check out on the Injustice YouTube page that kind of leads up to this, talks about the story of Injustice 2. Okay. So check that it out. It's good stuff. Uh, I don't know why I get to pull this story. I'm like the least Power <laughs> Rangers person on the podcast. New Power Rangers ongoing series set for July. And all I've got to say is... <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, in reading this, the weird thing about it, because I just pulled this while we were talking earlier, but uh, Gogo Power Rangers is the name of the book, and it takes place after the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is weird considering the other book that is out now is pretty much the same team. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't understand. I read the press re- release... And it was like, uh, this follows the original team of Power Rangers. And I'm like, well, doesn't the other series follow the original team of right. Power Rangers? Am I missing but something? Through, exactly. But reading through this, it sounds like this is more of a CW type, um, hey, teen life part of it. This is the other side of them, out of action, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which still, yeah, I don't get it. But sure, milk it for what it's worth, I suppose. Gotcha. All righty. And I think that's the last one. Uh, yes, Christopher Priest. I just saw this earlier also, which wasn't much to it. I need to find another article, but that's fine. Christopher Priest takes on Marvel's Inhumans for Once in Future King Kings. Uh, so, yeah, but so, so it's uh, Christopher Priest and Phil Noto, who's doing a five-issue Inhumans Once in Future Kings miniseries in August. Uh, it'll take place early in on the, the, the Inhumans royal family and is billed as their in definitive origin, which... nice. Christopher Brief is known for doing definitive works. Nice. And nice to feel Noto uh, uh, getting some spotlight work because I miss his uh, Black Widow. Yeah, his his art is great. Cool. All right. And I guess that's it for uh, comic news this week, right? That is it. Um, So we also have... um, You want to do the ad first and then we'll get to whatever unboxings we got? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Let me get the ad in. And uh, as always, when we're pressed for time... The shortest ad is to help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or movies. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. We've got goodies. Uh, Dirt has some stuff, and I have some stuff. I don't know if you have anything, but uh, we're going to no, get... No, uh... this <laughs> All righty, then. I don't like it. Uh, back. We'll workshop. Yeah, we'll workshop the, the, that, that part. So, Thank Dirt, what you got? <laughs> man, we've created a monster. Jeez. <laughs> I could. <laughs> um, all right, so um, I was sent the uh, the next two boxes from the Comic of the Month Club, um, and for those of you who club. who have not been uh, who, who have not been paying attention, uh, <laughs> if you go to comicofthemonth.club and sign up with uh, them, they actually have a sheet that you fill out that asks what are the characters that you'd like to read. Um, do you want newer stuff? Do you want older stuff? They have a regular box and a collector's box that typically has a bunch of older books uh, in it. So you go in, you fill out your personal preferences, and then you get a blind box in the mail. But instead of it being a blind box of like a pop and some random TV tie-in keychain and whatever, you actually get a box of comics, and it's tailored to the stuff that you filled out uh, on the website. So 
I, uh, they, they sent me a regular box and a collector's box um, again. So uh, the collector's book is uh, Batman 410, which is um, Jason Todd after Crisis becoming Robin for the first time. Uh, this wow. one in... This one in near mint, mint, um, you know, the higher grade goes for about 20, 25 bucks. So wow. that was a pretty good one to uh, pull out of there. Um, and then, you know, based on the stuff you guys know from the box last time, I asked for uh, West Coast Avengers. I got more West Coast Avengers. Yes. Um, and not only that, but in sequence. Wacko. So, so we've got an in sequence there. And also Captain Adam, a uh, character that I've liked. And uh, three of those, again, in sequence. So that is cool. And then a Green Hornet for no reason. I actually filled oh, on. Wow. I was like, as a Green Hornet, sure, I haven't read any of those for uh, a couple decades, so why not? So that was the regular box. Um, the collector's box that they sent um, actually has Action Comics 349 from 1967 uh, in here. So that is actually a very nice book. And it's in pretty good shape, too. I have to admit. It also has that nice old old book smell. You can smell it through the plastic. Uh, yes. I always love that. That is intoxicating. That's uh, yeah, a see. good smell. Booster Golds. I love Booster ah. Gold. So, again, three of those. Uh, we've got Spectacular Spider-Mans. Oh, I uh, remember that cover. Oh, yeah. I remember the other one, too, with the wasp on it. So, key stuff there. And let's see, and a weird one. They always throw in some sort of weird book, something you've never heard of before. Monster Club number six from AP Comics from the UK. Never heard of before. Uh, but, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Whatever. And then finally... That's going in your own 25-cent bo- box, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, but finally, in the collector's box, three more uh, West Coast Avengers. But this time, number... Uh, Nine, oh, ten, a... and thirteen. Yeah, uh, didn't they already so, send oh, you man. the headlock one? Do what now? The headlock one. Didn't they already send you that one? I think so. Yeah, I have to go and double check. But I, I thought they sent you the one with the the, the what was that nine? The, they the sent... Sent... Well, actually, I don't know. They may have sent me like ten. Yeah, 11, headlock 12. right there. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But I mean, there's some Marvel whatever. heads on the show right now. It's like, hey, man, <laughs> that's the headlock one. I remember yeah. you got that one. But I'm that's s- also the type of thing, if if I do happen to get an extra, you know, my son, and be like, hey, Mar- Marvel Comics, and he'll read them, you know. So, sure. so again, the, the key thing here is just that they tailor it. You know, I went in myself and said, I want West Coast Avengers. I want Booster Gold. I want, you know, um, older stuff. And so that's what they skewed it towards. So if you go there and sign up, and I can just say, hey, you can go to uh, – <laughs> Comic of the Month Club, uh, Comic of the Month Club, and use the referral code Dirt. Oh, you know what? I think I had the camera set on. Uh, I think I had the camera set on Agent Seventy the entire time I was showing off those books. Oh no! No, no you showed them. I saw. Well, them. Yeah, you saw them, but I think the live feed going out to YouTube. Oh. I think the feed going out to YouTube was showing uh, Agent Seventy the oh. entire time. So there's West Coast Avengers with headlock. There's, there's uh, Special <laughs> Spider Man's. There's Booster Golds. Go through them. There's Something like Dominique Fortune. Fortune. Action Comics. Uh, here's the Batman. I feel, I feel like an idiot had it on the wrong camera the entire time. Uh, 56, 57, and 58. These are the ones that were in the regular box. So in the regular box, they sent me some later on in the run. In the collector's box, they sent me ones from earlier on in the run. I was about to say, uh, so there's only, what, 100 and, what was it, like 102 issues? So it's not going to take you long to get all of those Captain Adams and Green Hornet. So again, uh, good stuff. Again, all picked to, you know, what I filled out on the forum. So no complaints here. A lot of great stuff. Comic of the month. Club. It's a good place. Check it out. Cool. And put your, uh, put your refer code back up. Oh, well, sure. Why not? 
There you go. And and look, let me just say, uh, I don't get money for this. Like, if you go to Comic of the Month Club and use the code Dirt, I'm not going to get like you know five bucks out of this or anything like Neither that. Neither does Chronicles, but uh, it, it's just it's just a way of tracking, you know. And they you know they're nice enough to send me some boxes, so it probably helps with that, you know, just to track on where it's coming from. So whatever, but I, I'm not. You're not going to be paying my car payment. Uh, by going to, to Comic of the Month Club and using the referral code Dirt, but I please. That seems like uh, a cool service, though. Yeah, it's it's like I said. I, this is the third month I've done it, and uh, I've I've yet to be disappointed. Excellent. Well, that's it for you. That's gonna do it. All right. Well, here's my couple of things, real quick. First of all, um, so Rory Story Cubes. I told I told this story uh, before the show. Um, Rory Story Cubes. Yeah, where is the thing? Pretty much comes like this. Uh, first of all, and it is um, a set of nine cubes. You roll them, you make a story out of all the cubes and, and whatever, or you, you see fit. It's a good writing exercise. Uh, they have a couple of different quote-unquote expansions on it, but the one uh, geared towards Comic Chronicles is this Batman one, where they have like, you know, you got a little dice with the Joker on part of it, and, you know, other stuff dealing towards Gotham and making up a good Batman story. So if is you have a... a so what? I said, is there a dice for prep time? Or a cube for prep time? <laughs> Probably not, but you do. There is the little bat, uh, there's a little bat cave one, so you can kind of yeah, use that. I'm sure. So, but yeah, it's neat. Like I said, it's, 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 it makes a good party game or writing exercise or, you know, whatever. Good for kids of all ages and comics fans. All right. Let us get to the unboxing. So here is Marvel's Collector's Core Box as I get every other month. And this month's theme to no surprise is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Anyway, um, let us get into this. We have just like always, I'm going to move my, probably going to end up yelling, but whatever. Um, we got Lion Art with Baby Groot on the inside of it. This box smells really good. I don't know why I'm so... Anyway, um, weird. Uh, let's see, we also have a patch with Star-Lord on it, and we also have, I'm going to move this again, a pin with Gamora nice. on it. So that is going to be good for my pin collection. And on the inside of it, and I do know for a fact, one of the things that's going to be in this book, because they mentioned it ahead of time, and that is um, the Collector's Core variant cover of Secret Empire Zero. Wow. With two people that's that timely. apparently have nothing to do with Secret Empire, but that's fine. Yeah, that's timely as hell, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and they said they were going to, I saw an article a couple days ago said they were going to do this. So, they, there was some foresight. But yeah, like I said, you got a little baby Groot and baby um, Rocket Raccoon here fitting the, uh, the theme of the box. We also have, okay, we have. From the Funko Dorbs Rides line, we have Star Lord and Milano, right there. Uh, we also have. Um, I get to that in a second. We also have another Funko Pop of Rocket and Groot. Oh, that's the Rocket. one where he's up on the on the, on the head, right? Oh, that's pretty right. cool. Yeah, you got Rocket and Baby Groot uh, up that on his head. Cool. Yep. And last but not least, as always, a shirt which I am going to rip into at this moment. Yeah, that rocket and group tempted me when I when I saw the image uh, advertising box. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very uh, that was a very tempting uh, thing to, to to pick up. And I almost wore my other uh, shirt with Secret Wars on it, but I did not. So here is the shirt with your Guardians. Oh wow! New version of the Guardians in Funko Pop form. 
It's everybody. Look at that. It is everybody from the movie. Yep. Oh. And that, folks. Oh, yeah. Got a little bit of volume two down there, which I might end up wearing to uh, the premiere. Uh, That's pretty cool. Happens. Yeah. And that is it, folks. Yay! Cool. So, Dirt, you want to take us out? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to check out more episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles at theclicknation.com. That's click as in K-L-I-Q for those of you who are wrestling fans, theclicknation.com. You can check out more of Agent 70 on Twitter at Agent underscore 70. Say hi, Agent 70. Yep, that's me. And on Instagram. Oh, and on Instagram. It's also underscore 70, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So keeping the theme alive. Absolutely. And then we have Roddy Cat at Roddy Cat, also bending over in his chair so you can't see him on video. And (laughs) on on Instagram is is CBC Caps. It is CB Caps. CB Caps. Yes. And I'm also at Roddy Cat, but don't, I barely post anything over there, so don't even worry about it. And you can always find me at popculturenetwork.com and you can go to comicofthemonth.club and use the referral code DIRT. Let's throw that in there one more time. Don't forget to check yeah, out... Know. And you can also find me at News Nerds Need uh, uh, on Twitter. Oh, that's right. There you go. And you can find Agent underscore 70 at the website he hasn't created yet that will appear some of point course. in the future. Deep future. All right, guys, that's going to do it. On behalf of Tim Dog 98 and the rest of the Comic Book Chronicles team, this is DIRT signing off. Hey! Hey!